Hey everyone, I uh, just wanted to talk about just some things that have been going on in my mind lately. Some of it fight related, some of it not. It Like I said, I'm not just going to be talking about fighting. But um, one of the things I wanted to talk about was, you know, two people that I listen that I've listened to a lot, and sometimes I agree, sometimes that I don't agree. Is, you know, Joe Rogan and and Jimmy Smith. Now a lot of you know who Joe Rogan is, and some of you know who Jimmy Smith is. For those of you who don't know who Jimmy Smith is, he's a former MMA fighter who was a commentator for Bellator. He does fight breakdowns on YouTube, and then of course, you know, everybody knows who Joe Rogan is. There's no secret about that. The thing is, it's like, they're pretty intelligent people, alright, they're, they're pretty smart guys, it's not like they're dumb, I mean, they're, they're smart individuals, it's just, the problem that I have with them is that they've, they can be very, very biased, you know, a lot of times is they, they tend to flip-flop, and not only that, it's just, but it's just mainly the bias that I have, you know, the bias that they have, sorry, but, um, I just, I don't understand it, and so, like, he's in point, Jimmy Smith, so Jimmy Smith, when breaking down the post-fight after Masvidal versus Usman, said that Masvidal was an overblown lightweight, but what's funny about that is, is that Gilbert Melendez is an overblown lightweight, too, he's an overblown lightweight as well, if you look at the guy's record, he spent the majority of his UFC career at lightweight. The only time he fought at welterweight before fairly recently bef was his UFC debut, which was at welterweight, and that's it. That's the only time he fought at welterweight besides the more recent time that we've seen him in. And if you look at it, the majority of his record was at lightweight. The majority of his UFC career was at lightweight. So it's funny how pretty much Jimmy Smith likes to say that about Jorge Masvidal. And he said this even too about Nate Diaz and Jorge when they headlined, you know, the UFC in New York. But it's like, so is Gilbert Burns. Gilbert Burns is an overblown lightweight. The majority of his UFC career was at lightweight. the The first time he, the the last, the first time he ever fought at welterweight was in his UFC debut. The last time he fought at welterweight before fairly before he fairly recently decided to go back up was at in his UFC debut, and after that he spent the majority of his career at lightweight. So it's which is really funny if you like I said and you could look up his record, you could fact check me on this. You look at his record, the majority of his UFC career is at lightweight. So why is it you're going to say this? You're going to say this for one and not the other. I don't understand why he would do that. You know. And so, and this is not a pre-fight breakdown, but it's just something that really bothered me because it's like, why would you say something like that when you have no idea, when it's like, you know, the guy that you're claiming to give Usman a challenge is an overblown lightweight too. The majority of his UFC career was spent at lightweight. The last time he fought at welterweight with, before fairly recently was in his UFC debut which was at welterweight, but after that, the majority of his UFC career was at lightweight, and it's just, it. but it's so weird that he will always take that jab at Masvidal or Diaz, but he won't, he for some reason just doesn't want to admit that with Gilbert Burns, Gilbert Burns is an overblown lightweight, there's no doubt about that, he has beaten some top competition, same thing as Masvidal, so... What I don't understand is why are you applying that to one and not the other? It just makes no sense. Um, and and it just and the thing with Joe is with Joe, you know, with Joe Rogan, he tends to have a bias with pretty much everyone, just everyone and anything, and he tends to I don't know he tends to contradict himself. And like I said, another example is the John Jones situation. You know he totally had a bias, you know, he was willing to criticize everyone on steroid use, but with John Jones, it was always, oh, no, it was a tainted supplement, well, how do you know, you know, it's just, and, and the problem with Joe was, is that he, you know, 
he tends to be very biased. You know, for a guy that is very big on evidence and facts that he proclaims on his, you know, podcast, the guy doesn't really do a lot of his research. You know, one of the reasons why was when he talked to Josh Barnett and they were talking about police brutality and, you know, how we don't have statistics on that. But we do, though. We do. We do have evidence to the contrary. There is evidence that talks about how much, you know, police brutality happens. We do have evidence that proves how, how you know, how common it is. There is the empirical data that shows this. And it's weird that he says that. It's weird that he says that given the fact that he's even had police officers on his, you know, podcast before. And it's weird because, you know, you would think with a subject that he is focused on, he would try to do at least some research on. And that's something that really, really bugs me with Joe is Joe does the same thing. He tends to have a very biased, you know, opinion. He tends to be very biased with subjects. He tends to not fully, you know, he tends to not really understand or really look into subjects. He kind of takes this, he takes this face value. He kind of takes a face value approach and then just goes and, and then kind of just goes from there. You know, I mean, you know, and it always, and it's one thing that bothers me, which is why, like, most of the time when I listen to him, I listen to him when he does fight companions. I don't like really listening to him when he's just talking to, you know, other people because it's just, you know, there is some bias to some of the things that he says. And it gets a little annoying after a while, you know, but even then, too, he does the same thing in martial arts, you know, when he's talking about martial arts. So, you know, not, and I'm not, dis, I'm not disregarding the fact. I'm not disregarding the fact that he's willing to be open-minded. I'm not disregarding the fact that he's willing that he that he's willing to have a conversation with people. I'm just saying that there's times where he tends to have a biased approach. He he tends to kind of take things in face value and then kind of has this criticism of it without kind of going deeper into the issue, which kind of seems seems to be something that I've seen to have something that I've noticed listening to him for long periods of time. And so it's always something that that really that really really bugged me. So all in all that's just one part of it. <laughs> that's just one part. Um <laughs> so this is something that's going to probably I'm going to probably piss a lot of people off with this, okay? And I honestly I really don't care. I'm not going to apologize. The next subject I wanted to talk about is a subject that's been really bothering me. Now, I just got the recent Mortal Kombat 11, you know, started playing it. And what I realized after playing the campaign mode twice because I was trying to get new skins and achievements, the storyline sucks. <laughs> the storyline absolutely sucks. And the thing is, is and it's just, it's, it's cheap and it's pretty much cliche you know i don't have respect for time travel time travel to me is now the most cliche thing you could do whenever you have a complex story that needs a a good that needs a, a good solid ending right time travel to me is the cliche way out we've seen time travel get used many times before i mean Perfect example, American Horror Story Apocalypse, Avengers Endgame, Terminator Genesis, I mean, <laughs> the list goes on and on. The whole idea of time travel will solve anything is just ridiculous. I just don't respect it. I dislike time travel. To me, it's just an easy way out instead of trying to end a story. And it really pissed me off because we already covered the whole time travel angle. We covered the time travel angle in Mortal Kombat 9. We've already covered that, so why are we going back to that in Mortal Kombat 11? Like, it just doesn't make sense to me. It's, it's to me, it's just, it's a crappy storyline. Now, I will admit, the Mortal Kombat Aftermath, which I just watched the cutscenes of, I haven't bought the package yet, I will admit the cutscenes was great. Excuse me. The cutscenes were, were I, I'll admit, the storyline for Mortal Kombat Aftermath was a lot better than... The main storyline for Mortal Kombat 11, yes, Mortal Kombat Aftermath wasn't as good, but it was still better. It was still messy, still had plot holes, but it was still a lot better than the part one of MK11. 
you know, at least aftermath two, you know, at least part two or what you'd call aftermath had a good, you know, had a good concept and kind of, even though it was still clinging to the whole time travel angle was at least it still had, it still, it still had a good purpose to it. And it's just, it kind of, <laughs> and it just annoys me. And I mean, talking about it with somebody, it was like, you know, if you were going to do the whole time travel angle, you could have at least brought back, you know, better characters. You could have brought back, you know, the, you could have brought back, you know, the original characters. I, I wrote something here. Give me a minute. Uh, exactly they could have brought back more they, they could have brought back better characters to make the story at least tolerable you know some a, a friend of mine pointed that out when i posted on facebook i said you know the mortal Kombat storyline sucked changed my mind and she you know she was very sarcastic about it but she even said she said i get the whole story the i get the whole you know time travel angle but they could have at least brought better characters back and you know at least to make it more tolerable instead of more cringeworthy and i agree with that they could have brought better characters back or at least they could have given the newer characters more of a fair shake they could have given the you know they they could have give what's the word i'm looking for they could have given the new characters more of a you know a solid position in the main storyline you know instead of just having them there and then getting their ass kicked and then disappearing for the rest of the story they could have at least given the new characters more of a fair shake you know they could have given the you know they could have given you know they could have given you know the new characters more purpose in the storyline you know in the main storyline that way they wouldn't just be they wouldn't just disappear and people would be like well what the fuck well what was the whole point of promoting a new character if you're not going to give them you know a reason to be in the main story storyline you know they could have at least gave them a, a more meaningful reason to be in the main storyline you know and it's just something and i don't and i mean and it's like and it's weird to me that that you know that they never did that you know i was watching and, and i was watching this video on youtube where they were breaking it down and i've been kind of this i've been going all over about this i've been listening to both sides of the spectrum and one of the things that this person said was i mean they could have they could have did characters so much justice they could have done justice for sindel they could have given sindel you know more reasoning a better reasoning instead of just the cliche oh you know she was really evil she wasn't you know mind controlled by shao khan you know ooh, like you know you just pretty much said fuck you to the old to the to the original fans on top of that and you know you pretty much just ruined the, <laughs> you ruined her story and you did something very very cliche if you ask me in my opinion it just ruins the character you just you did sindel pretty much you, you, you did Sindel dirty. And then, you know, Noob Saibot was another character where, you know, a character that was brought back, everyone was excited for. But, you know, you just couldn't... But didn't give them any sort of purpose in the main storyline whatsoever. And that, and that was something that, you know... You and and like I said, and that's something that really bugs me. If you're gonna have a new character, give them a purpose when being included into the main storyline. If you're gonna have this new character, this new this character, or bring back an old character, give them a purpose. Give them a meaningful purpose when being a part of the main storyline. Don't just put them into the main storyline just to show up, make an appearance, and disappear. You know, no. Give them a purpose. Give them a meaningful purpose to be a part of the main storyline. And they just didn't do it. 
you know, uh, Connor Bugney, same thing, you know, Aaron Black was another character, a new character, you know, MKX, they gave him, you know, some good screen time, they gave him some good purpose, but even then, too, I mean, you have him in MK11, his younger self shows up, they could have at least have him maybe run into his older self, and then him and his older self tussle, I mean, you know, and one guy pointed out, well, if, and like I said, this person, one guy pointed out, well, they could have had Noob Saibot kill Scorpion, because seeing as Scorpion was the one who created Noob Saibot, because Noob Saibot was the original Sub-Zero, they could have had Saibot, you know, turn good, which would have been an interesting plot twist, you know, Saibot kills, Scorp kills, you know, Hanzo Sashi, who's Scorpion, he realized that Scorpion changed, and then he becomes good and helps fight, you know, and helps fight you know, for the good guys, instead of just having Devorah kill him, which is cliche, and then Devorah disappears, going, do no, doing who knows what, and just, it just, you know, but like I said, it just, it would have made more, it would have made the story more impactful, instead of just, oh yeah, he shows up, he meets his doppelganger, his doppelganger, you know, or what you would call his, his past self, his past self changes, but then he gets killed at random, like, that, that's cliche, the whole, you know, I make my doppelganger change, his ways is another cliche attempt you know i've oh my evil twin or oh my my past self i i have to convince my past self to do good or the future will change whatever the fuck it is it's just it's fucking it's fucking dumb like i said it's cliche the the whole you know i'm gonna make my future self or past self change their ways is it's a straight rip from back to the future that that's what that whole scene in mk11 was you know, it would have been better if Noob Saibot was the one to fight Scorpion and then change his ways and then fight on the side of the good guys. You know, that would have been a good little redemption story, a good little subplot. Didn't do that. I mean, it was just, it was total, I mean, it's just, the whole time traveling, it just, it was total ridiculous. And, you know, the thing that, and the thing is just, you know, I think Kronika is the most, and the whole thing to Kronika, I think Kronika is one of the most ridiculous characters in the whole Mortal Kombat series, and, and I played all the Mortal Kombat games, and I thought Blaze was a ridiculous boss character, you know, his whole purpose and story was, I thought was stupid, but Kronika had to been, Kronika is the worst boss ever, and it's not because, you know, oh, she's tough to beat, or whatever the hell it is, it's because her story sucks, <laughs> And just her whole character sucks. You know, her whole point of her character, the reason why she even does what she does is because she's mad that her baby boy didn't win, didn't win and take over the world. And so she's mad and so she's going to intervene. Pretty much like your typical soccer mom story. You know, I don't like that my kid doesn't get to play, so I'm going to bitch to the coach until he lets him play. Even though he didn't earn it, but you know you know, I'm just gonna bitch anyway, that's pretty much what Kronika is, Kronika reminded me of the whiny soccer mom that's bitching because her baby boy doesn't get to play, you know, her baby boy isn't allowed to, you know, isn't allowed to be in this position on the team because, you know, or for whatever reason, you know, exactly, just... That, that's what Kronika reminds me of. She reminds me of the whiny little soccer mom who's pissed off because her baby boy is benched. And she can't understand why he's benched because he's the best player on the team. And that's all it was. It was her just whining and bitching about, you know, oh, Shinnok failed. This wasn't supposed to happen. So I'm just going to alter time because I'm mad because I'm not getting my way. Because my son didn't get his way. So I'm going to fuck everything up. That was her story. That's pretty much what her story was. You know, she's mad. And it was just, it's, it's stupid. And, and it was just, and it was so dumb. And that's, and that's one of the things why I appreciate the Aftermath story. Because the Aftermath story, they killed her off. You know, because obviously she's not that terrible of a villain. She's just a villain that's butthurt that her son got his ass kicked. And that's all it is. That's not really a bad villain. That's not really a villain to be worried about. That's usually a villain, that, you know. That's usually a villain that you could ignore for a little bit and then take care of later. You know, it was cool watching Sang, Sang Sung be the villain 
to look out for, be the villain to be. And that's one thing why I appreciate Aftermath, because at least Aftermath, Shang Tsung had a, a, a more diabolical reasoning. The guy wanted power. He wanted to be the god of time, which was all right. That's actually acceptable. Um, you know, it was just, you know, kind of ridiculous. One of the things, too, is, you know, of course, you know how, you know, Kotal Khan, you know, Kotal Khan, great character. I think he's a great character, but once, but like always, they just watered him down. They pretty much, I mean, they, they watered him down. They have him get his ass kicked throughout most of the show, throughout most of the game, gets his ass kicked. And pretty much they have him give up the throne to Katana. Now, the thing, now see, this would have made sense if like, maybe Kotal Khan has like a change of heart through a terrible battle or he sees Jade die, which I thought was really stupid. His whole relationship with Jade to me was, was useless. It was, it, it, it was just, there was no point to it, but it would have made sense like, oh, you know, maybe he has a change of heart or something like that, or, or maybe he ends up becoming a bad guy, but then goes back to good. It would have, it would have, you know, it would have been interesting, and then he gives up the throne to Katana for, like, a reason, like, I can't be the king anymore, so, and one of the things that, um, was really funny about MK11 is, starting off with not just the fact of Kronika, but also, uh, okay, so Katana, okay, I'm just gonna leave it for you at this, Katana cannot defeat Shao Kahn, Okay, I'm just going to say it flat out. He cannot, she, she cannot defeat Shao Kahn. Okay, she cannot. All right, Shao Kahn, I'm going to simplify it for a lot of casuals. Shao Kahn is a high level powerful character. Okay, Shao Kahn's a high level character. Katana is a mid level character. Whether or not Shao Kahn is male or female has nothing to do with it. Which is funny, because there are people that, and I've even had arguments with people who genuinely tried to say that it, that it's because she was a female, that is why NetherRealm Studios had her captured and get her ass kicked. No, it was because she is a mid-level powerful character, and Shao Kahn is the, is a villain, he is a high level power he is a high level powerful character he is pretty much the ultimate villain when you think about it because the guy has literally survived everything defeated everything and you know and despite having his heart damn near punched out of his chest by Liu Kang was still able to come back so obviously and that's kind of how villains work. Villains are supposed to be extremely all-powerful and able to defeat the majority of the roster. You know, not get his ass kicked by pretty much all the roster, especially mid-level characters in that roster, whether they're male or female. That's kind of what a an all-powerful villain is supposed to be. They're supposed to be able to defeat all the all pretty much all the roster of good guys you know that's how it works so when netherrealm studios created shao khan and had katana get captured and beat up it wasn't because they were making her the damsel in distress it was because shao khan is an all-powerful villain all powerful villains are pretty much going to dominate and defeat the majority of the good guy roster so yeah but people are that dumb all right so pretty much you have Shao Kahn, this all-powerful villain who has survived everything, defeated everything. I mean, you could look up the history. This motherfucker is definitely, to me, the ultimate villain. Like, probably more powerful than Shang Tsung, okay? And, you know, gets defeated by Katana, someone who has been captured and defeated on multiple occasions. She pretty much got bested by Sonya Blade. I mean, toyed with by Liu Kang. I mean... You know, I would say Katana is a good, is a, I would, like I said, Katana is a mid-level character. She is a mid-level character due to her powers and her skill. All of a sudden, she gets, she's just somehow in some magical way able to defeat Shao Kahn like that. How the fuck does that work? Okay, there's no, there's no development, there's no character development in her acquiring this new power, there's no, you know, 
there, there's no showing of her acquiring any new powers. Like when Sindel came in and pretty much took out all the roster in MK9, they showed how she became that powerful. Shao Kahn took all the powers of Shang Tsung and gave it to pretty much Sindel. This Katana did nothing. Katana did nothing to acquire any power whatsoever, got no power whatsoever. All she did was talk majority of the time, and then somehow in some way was just able to defeat Shao Kahn like that, and then become the Emperor of Outworld. How the fuck does that work? It's it's really, I don't know, and, and it's just an example of lazy writing. It's an example of lazy writing. I call it the Captain Marvel effect. For those of you who don't know who Captain Marvel is, she is pretty much the shoehorn character that had the crappy movie and was pretty much thrusted onto us in Avengers Endgame. Um... Really dumb, really, really dumb and really stupid, you know, he's able to break the back of Kotokan, he's able to be, he's able to fight off Onaga, come back, take the tower, take the pyramid, defeat Blaze, become the, the new, the bringer of Armageddon, this, this dude, this dude is a badass, okay, this dude is a fucking badass, and he just gets beat by a mid-level character, okay, as I said before, him being male or female has nothing to do with it, okay? Alright, this is the same... This is kind of the same thing that... If, if this was Reptile, I'm going to tell you like this. This is kind of the same thing with, you know, Johnny Cage versus Shinnok. It's like we all know Shinnok would kick the crap out of Johnny Cage. Which is why, I mean, they had it where... They, you know, which they had it to where Raiden, you know, was the one who saved the day on in, in the beginning of that. But, I mean, if it were Reptile, and Reptile defeated Shao Kahn, people would have the same gripe, too. I mean, this it, the same gripe. Excuse me. I mean, th this is the same, would have the same gripe. I mean, hell, people say, I mean, Kotal Khan in Mortal Kombat X, I said the same thing. I was like, how is it you're able to get your, how is it that you get your ass kicked by teenagers, but all your people were able to kick the ass of those teenagers? Like, it just doesn't make sense. Like, it just, <laughs> it doesn't make sense. So... You know, it, it just, so people would, people would say the same thing. Like, they would genuinely say the same thing. It's, it's not a matter of sexism, you know. Um, as this person points out, who I'm going to read, and it's very hilarious that someone actually tried to say that it was a sexist reason. It's, it's kind of funny. So, let me see. So, so they say that being pissed with Katana being Shao Kahn was, you know, was pretty much just an example of sexism. That's what this person says. And honestly, it's it's really dumb. It's It's a dumb argument because power levels have nothing to do with gender. It has nothing to do with it. If a character who is a female, who is really powerful, you know, able to defeat half the Mortal Kombat roster, then obviously you know, that means that character must be really powerful. It has nothing to do with the fact that she's a woman. I mean, hell, no one said this shit with Sindel when Sindel, you know, took out pretty much everyone in MK9. No one said this, okay? No one made this complaint about her being able to take out the roster. So, for them, for this person, whoever wrote this is a jackass. I mean... Like, a genuine jackass. And then, one of the things they tried to say was, whoever the player is controlling will canically always be the winner. Anyone can beat anyone, and it's completely arbitrary, and it literally always has been. Well, no shit, dumbass. For you to progress in the game, you have to win the level that the... You have to win on the level that you're playing. That's how video games work, dumbass. No shit. It doesn't change the fact that a character like Katana, who is a mid-level power character, should not defeat, cannot defeat Shao Kahn, a high-level character. 
alright? If it ends in a stalemate, or if it ends with some intervention, like with Johnny Cage and, you know, fighting Shinnok, where Johnny Cage fought Shinnok and then tossed the amulet to Raiden, who in turn trapped Shinnok, then it would be understandable. But it wasn't going down like that. It was more of, oh, yeah, just so happened, Kitana, a character who's gotten her ass kicked multiple times by high-level characters, was suddenly able to just defeat this high-level character, this high-level character like that. Bullshit. Bullshit. It makes no sense, and it's literally dumb. And it's like, well, no shit. And it's just like, and for him to try to say, well, you know, whoever you play, that's who's intended to beat the character. Well, no shit, because video game, you know, no shit. If you want to progress in a video game, you have to win at that level. It doesn't change the fact, you know, that... If a mid-level character that a mid it doesn't change the fact that a mid-level mid-level character shouldn't be able to defeat a high-level character. That's like saying Super Saiyan One is able to defeat Super Saiyan Three. It just it makes zero to no sense. It's just like wait, what <laughs> exactly? That's like you know when P that's like saying Captain Marvel was able to defeat Thanos. We all know that's impossible. <laughs> Anyone that's read a comic knows that's impossible. It's ridiculous. There, there's just no way. There's just no way how that works. So, and so moving forward. So, Sonya Blade, right? So, Sonya Blade. Um, a character who I always grew up and loved. Was watered down considerably. I just don't, I, I, I don't understand it. So, for one, their first mistake was having Ronda Rousey be the voice of Sonya Blade, okay? Ronda Rousey, super successful, don't get me wrong, but the reality is, she's not a good voice actor, okay? And her being the voice for Sonya Blade was a poor choice. That is just the reality of it. When I was listening to her, you know, be the voice of Sonya Blade, I felt like I was watching one of those crappy kung fu films where the voice didn't match the character speaking, and it was just it was totally off sync, and it was just and it was it was that bad. It is that bad. Um, <laughs> you know, the whole dialogue felt stale and just just ridiculous. So, and then to scratch the fact that her her voice was terrible, the voice. The fact that that her voice for the character was terrible, the character, the the writing of the character was even more terrible. So, she finds out she dies right in the game. Finds out she dies, she sacrifices herself. So obviously she knows that you know her people that she obviously knows that the people that she saved left her behind. You know, obviously that's the whole point of you sacrificing. You know, sacrificing yourself so they can live. But then later on, she gets mad because her daughter from the future left her behind. Well, obviously, you know why they left you behind, because you sacrificed yourself. So how the hell are you going to get mad for something that you already know? And then, of course, had to be reminded of that. Which is which is ridiculous. And then later on in the game, she's like, oh, yes, I read the report. Where it's like, you should have already known that when you first read the report in the beginning. Not later on, like, oh, yeah, by the way, I read the rest of the report. You, are, you already know why. You, you, you already know what happened. Cassie literally told you what happened. You already read the report. You already told what happened to Cassie. You already told what happened by Cassie before you even read the report in the first place. So why are you, first of all, why are you getting mad? And why are you acknowledging something that you already did? You know, something that you already did before you even had that stupid argument in the first place with her. Like, it just doesn't, it's, it's... I, I mean, like, that subplot is a shitty subplot in itself. So, of course, you know, she gets captured. And then, you know, she faces Cabal, who's, like, super speed and a super sp fast character. But she's able to defeat him. You know, she's able to defeat him like that. You know, she's able to just hold her own and defeat him like that. Then she faces, you know, Aaron Black, who fires like 20 bullets at her but it doesn't matter because it's Sonya Blade and she's awesome and she can just do this and she's so cool it's just it's just 
<laughs> and, but she's just able to dodge the bullets like that. And it's just like, what the fuck? But yet, everybody that, but yet, Johnny Cage got shot multiple times. I mean, most of the characters were able to take some serious hits. And she's one of the few that, and she's, and but yet, she just so happened, who experienced the same thing, took little damage. Uh, <laughs> and this is just another captain marvel move you know she's the strong independent woman she can she can handle anything and it's just it's it's just a blatant shoehorn and i'm and i like i said i don't have a problem with the strong women and anything it's just there there's a thing called overpowering there's a thing called overpowering and i've even criticized this with shinnok in in mortal kombat x was they overpowered him to like a way degree, like a way higher degree, higher than what I could, <laughs> you know, I, I've criticized this in even males in video games, you know, I criticized this with, you know, Shinnok and the Mortal Kombat X where they overpowered him for, I felt like they overpowered him a bit too much, where it's like, okay, come on, he doesn't need to be that powerful, you know, um, <laughs> but still, but it's like, she just, she's just able to somehow deal with the super speed of Cabal, she's able to dodge 20 bullets, fired by Aaron Black, even though, <laughs> like, it did, and then same thing, and then, and like I said, I'm pretty sure some people are gonna think that I'm being toxic or whatever gate crap, but here's the thing, not only did I make this same argument with Shinnok, but I made this same fucking argument with Mortal Kombat Aftermath, where Nightwolf was literally dodging, was literally getting shot at like 20 times by Aaron Black and was able to get out of the way of every single one. Like, that was even, that that was another part too. And, and this is the same thing I can't understand too. It's like, say, and so before you even get on that train or before anybody gets on that train, you might want to think twice about that because this same argument isn't just for Sonya Blade. This same argument is for Nightwolf. Oh, he just so happens, you know, gets shot at Bear in Black 20 times and just so happens to dodge, get out of the way of every bullet and find cover. When literally he was standing right in, literally right down the center line in front of Aaron Black and he was on, and yeah, he managed to take out like one bullet with his axe which is pretty cool but you mean to tell me he was able to get out of the way of all those bullets not one hit him that didn't make like and you're just like what the fuck is this shit so like i said it just it's retarded it's really retarded so going back to so so you can see why I'm griping over, you know, Sonya Blade just being able to just magically do all these things when, like, literally we just saw other characters experience the same thing and take, like, and take a considerable amount of damage, but she's the only one who just so happens can't. Like, it's bullshit. Same thing with, you know, Nightwolf. He gets shot at 20 times, but is able to get out of the way and find cover. Like, that just, like, what the fuck? So, so, yeah, so I'm... <laughs> You know, so it's, it's so it's hilarious. It's it's kind of it's really hilarious. So her character poorly written and just her poorly written. The fact that they had her do all these things, her reaction to things were just totally retarded. You know, her reactions to things were retarded. Everything that she did, you know, her reaction to things were retarded. I mean everything she did was just like a blatant shoehorn move i mean hell even cassie cage was over was blatantly just overpowered to death in the game but just but all in all those are the things that stuck out the fact that sonya blade and nightwolf both got shot 20 times both got shot at 20 times and they were all and they were able to just magically dodge every bullet like not one hit them i was just i was like fucking bullshit man that's just bullshit bullshit so, all in all, this the game, the storyline in itself, the game just is, it's terrible. The game is terrible storyline, story-wise. I mean, the game, just, the, the all in all, the, the storyline for the game is terrible. I don't know what the creators were going for using the whole time travel angle. It, it's like I said, just, the time travel angle, it's a cliche move. And the reason why, because... It's been done to death so many times. 
it's just like, what the fucking point? You know, what's the fucking point of doing it? You know, it's just, it's been done to death so many times. Like, what's the, what, what's the point? You know, it's just, it's, it's, it's an easy way out. It's done. It's been done so much that it's pretty much an easy way out when you don't know how to properly end a series or a show or anything. It's just a cliche move that that's what pretty much using the time trial time travel angle is you know that was what i disliked about avengers endgame was they they used time travel to solve the problem when it was like time travel really like you couldn't like time travel really like what like okay like i mean <laughs> yeah <laughs> that sounds a little cliche if you ask me you know same thing american horror story apocalypse well, we're gonna fight the son of the devil with time travel. Okay, like that's like that's ne- like that's has not been done before, you know, numerous of times. But it's just the the time travel angle is cliche. It's a weak, it's a weak move, and it's just you pretty much not. It's pretty much lazy writing, you know. It's just that and that that's just lazy writing, and it's like if and if you were gonna do the time travel angle, you should have at least, you know brought in better characters not make it so cringeworthy you know like like you know like a friend of mine said you know not make it so cringeworthy at least bring in better characters for people to tolerate or you know at least give the new characters a fair shake and make them more you know uh, what's the word i'm looking for and just make them you know and give them more of a meaningful purpose in the main storyline besides just making an appearance getting their ass kicked and disappearing you know it just it would have made sense, especially when the campaign for this the the, the promotion for this and for Mortal Kombat 11 was was centered around the new characters. They just pumped up the new characters and introduced them like they're like they're like they're God's gift to man. So you're assuming that these new characters are going to play a part in the story because that's why that's the main reason why people play video games. It's not just for, you know, the gameplay. It's for the story. And, you know, you're expecting these new characters to play a part in the story of us, you know, a significant part in the story but they didn't even do that you know i like the collector i thought the collector was a pretty cool character but for some reason they just didn't make him give him a significant part in the story he was just a guy that came and went and there you go you know his his ending for you know at the after you beat one of the towers was pretty cool but even then you know i mean <laughs> you know it's just but it but it just it doesn't it just, I don't know, it just, it doesn't work, for some reason, it just didn't, they just didn't do that, it was almost, I, I, I don't, maybe it was, who knows, maybe they just centered it around more gameplay, I mean, I would assume so, I would assume they centered it more around the gameplay than they did the actual story, because one of the things is, because if you look at, like, the, the games from back in the day, from, like, Mortal Kombat, Deadly Alliance, Deception, and, you know, Armageddon, most of the game, most of the games were centered on the particular gameplay, it was centered on the gameplay of, then, the actual story, you know, it was not really, no one really gave it two fucks, and to play the story, to play, you know, Conquest, as they would call it, if you wanted to play the the storyline, you had to be connected online or something like that. So that was like, so of course people back then online wasn't really a big thing when I played video games, but of course back then people weren't going to waste their time. They just wanted to do the gameplay. So, you know, I mean, that could have been what they were going for. Just, you know, they could have just probably been more focused, but it was so, so, but I don't know, because the storyline was just so cringeworthy, it was just such, just cringy, just, you know, you have Gitana beating Shao Kahn, Sonya Blade doing all these, you know, crazy, able to do all these crazy things, and having poor reactions to shit, Konoka's, you know, reasoning for wanting to be the bad guy was was retarded i mean you just i, I mean this story was the storyline was dumb the storyline you're just like really you know jade and jade and kotal khan were in love and now they 
Jay beat the crap out of Kotal because, you know, Kotal wanted to, you know, eliminate, wanted to execute all the Tarkatans in the village. But, I mean, they were like, what the fuck? Like, you're like, okay. Like, I mean, <laughs> you're like, okay. I mean, but, like, weren't you okay with killing before that? Like, I don't know. Like, I don't understand, like, weren't you, I don't know, it's just weird, you know, so, the, the whole story, and then, and then you think, okay, so, she betrayed Kotal Khan. does that mean she's gonna go back with Shao Kahn? No, she's pretty much a prisoner of Shao Kahn, and her and Kotal Khan are back together, they're still in love after being betrayed by Jade, like, that's kind of even more dumb, like, it's like, okay, wait, so she betrays you, but you still want to be with her after she betrayed you, and gave you up to, like, your most <laughs> hated enemy, you know, or your, you know, the most dangerous foe, like, that doesn't, that doesn't make sense, I mean, so, it, it was just, it was so odd, I mean, I mean, it just, it was so odd, like, the whole, the whole just, it's just, you know, an example of, of lazy, lazy writing, you know, I, I don't think it was, I, I don't know where the creators were really going with that whole idea of the whole time travel concept, I, it was very cliche, very cliche, and it was very ridiculous, I mean, the whole, the whole thing, the whole, you know, Johnny Cage saying that he was gonna tap that, I mean, the way he said it, the joke he made wasn't even hard, it was honestly harmless, it wasn't even that big of a deal, I mean, I get it, you know, the whole point was, you know, he's supposed to be a douchebag, and he was being a, you know, so the older Johnny Cage had to kick his ass, but I mean, it wasn't like he he was very vulgar with what he said and i mean it was honestly pretty funny and if anything i mean shit why not just i mean there's other ways you could have there's there was probably other reasons you could have had the older johnny kick the younger johnny's ass you know so it just but the reasoning was was ridiculous i mean the noob cybot angle was ridiculous you know they brought in noob cybot and you know he didn't even really have any significant factor in the story you know i mean if anything they should have had it where he fought scorpion got his revenge and then changed his ways when he realized scorpion changed and was sorry for what happened that would have been a more compelling thing you know the return of the original sub-zero that would have been more compelling for some reason it just for some reason it was just weird and so now so now I mean, it, it just, they could have went in a more creative direction, but they chose not to do it. And I, and I think maybe it was more because they wanted to center more around the gameplay than the actual story, which, I mean, I, I understand that, but people don't just play the game for the gameplay, they also play for the story. Especially when you have a story that's compelling, like Mortal Kombat, and you opened a new gateway to a whole new adventure and then you just brought it back to the same concept that was explored in mortal kombat 9 which was time travel it just it just it is cliche it's just cliche and it's cheap um not something that i would it, it's not something that I could sit here and agree with and then you know all the cringeworthy stuff with you know and the, all the cringeworthy stuff that was in it I mean it was just like oh my god and like I said and and I, and I would have tolerated the time travel angle without all the cringeworthy crap you know without all the the cringe you know what they all you know that the you know all that cringy stuff that happened you know Katana defeating Shao Kahn and you know, Sonya able to do all this stuff and, you know, able to, you know, deal with Cabal and Aaron Black without any problems whatsoever, you know, you know, Johnny Cage saying something that was, 
stupid and then all of a sudden it's it's offensive or like it but it was super offensive even though it really wasn't that big of a deal but you know they had to make it a big deal it was just like all the cringeworthy stuff Nightwolf being able to dodge 20 bullets I mean but still Aftermath was still a better storyline than part one of Mortal Kombat 11 I'll give them that definitely but it doesn't change the fact that the Mortal Kombat 11 storyline sucks and even the Aftermath storyline sucks even though it's a more even though i will say it is better it's still not a great storyline either so you're just kind of like ah all this cringeworthy all the all the cringeworthy elements was just it was total unnecessary you know jade and koto khan have for some reason having some fallen having some love affair or some whatever crap and then jade you know pretty much helping you know stopping koto for executing the tarkatans but i mean shit i seem to recall jade you know having no problem killing you know in previous games so it's a little weird that she's like you know kind of all of a sudden against killing now and then it's just i mean and then you're like oh you know now i have to stop kodo and then you beat up kodo and then you know apparently you give you give him to his enemy who is shao khan and then but you guys are suddenly back together in love again like how the fuck does that work and why the fuck would kodo if i why the fuck would kodo khan want you know somebody like jade watching their back especially after they were so quick to betray him like that like it's just it's stupid so i mean i just I, it just i mean the whole the, it just the whole storyline was just it was nothing but cringe and just total just i mean it was more of a shoehorn it was it was very shoehorn you know just it was pretty much like a shoehorn attempt to you know pump up characters that we know were cool you don't need to pump them up and then you know, it was just, and then a way to kind of get you distracted from the story, and, you know, and just a way to kind of get you distracted from the storyline by, you know, making the new characters the center of the tension with the hopes that you ignore the, the, the poor storytelling and the poor writing and character development that's in the MK11 story, in, in the MK11 game. But, of course, you know... Not everybody's that dumb, and not everybody's gonna drink the Kool-Aid, and of course, like myself, I was able to spot out the the faults in the storyline, so, but still, it's just, it's, it's just really, it's just a real trip on how terrible the storyline is, um, and I mean, so... It's almost pretty much like The Last of Us, you know, just The Last of Us was just a total just, it was just poor storytelling, it was poor just character development right from the get-go, I mean, just, it was like The Last of Us, just poor storytelling, just poor storytelling right from the get-go, there was really nothing there that really like it was just almost like it, it was almost it was almost like they were trying to shoehorn it was pretty well it was it wasn't like the almost it was it was pretty much them trying to shoehorn characters in that without actually having to develop them without actually having to give them any type of proper character development you know and and this seems to be kind of a trend not just in video games but even movies and just all around where characters you know, whether new, old, you know, characters that people didn't care about or characters that people know aren't worth a dime, you know, that we know were created with the sole purposes for PC culture, you know, they, they, they're trying to make these blatant attempts of shoehorning them in. They're trying to push them onto people and force you to like them. And it's just, and it, it doesn't work, man. I mean, it doesn't work. You can't force people to like a character. You can't force people to like a character. It just doesn't work. You can't do it. It just it, it it never works. You know, you have to let that character manifest organically. The reason why people like certain characters, you know, the reason why people liked Wonder Woman because she was a character that was manifested organically. She wasn't pumped up to be this thing right away. You know, people loved Sarah Connor, you know, because she was a character that developed organically. They loved Ripley because she was a character from Alien. She developed a character she was a character that developed organically. 
organically. Tomb Raider, a character that developed organically. You know, of course, I don't like the newer games. I think the newer games suck. But, um, <laughs> but anyways, but same, but like I said, I mean, you know, uh, you know, just people, characters that manifested organically. You know, people loved the character of Samus from the game Metroid. You know, because her story, you know, she was a character that manifested organically. She wasn't thrusted upon anyone. No, they they gave her a story. They they gave her a storyline. They gave her a proper build-up to where she grew on you and you saw her develop into the character that everyone knows and loves. That's how it works. That's character development. And it applies even across the board in video games, too. If you're going to have Kitana beat Shao Kahn, well, give it a proper build-up. Make it logical. Give, you know, some better reasoning to it. Like, oh, she, you know, Liu Kang gives her, gives her his powers because maybe he's injured. Or, you know... You know, Kitana discovers the power of a god or realizes how Sindel got her power. So she goes to Shanksun's Island and uncovers a power source to make her strong enough to fight Shao Kahn. You know, something that is properly developed. Not, oh, she just so happens to defeat Shao Kahn like that. Okay, <laughs> doesn't work. Especially when you're a mid-level character. When you and well, like I said, when you're when you're a mid-level character, what I mean by that, you know, I mean by that in terms of power level. You know, Kitana's power level is mid-level. Shao Kahn's power level is high level. So if you're gonna have a mid-level character defeat, you know, if you're gonna have a mid-level power character defeat a high power you know a character that has so i'm sorry so if you're going to have a character that has mid-level power defeat a character that has high level power well then you're going to have to have some logical reasoning behind it you can't just you know say oh yeah here it is no it's got to be smart it has to be developed you know same thing you know if sony blade was able to defeat you know was able to defeat you know freaking you know, Cabal, there should have been at least some sort of reasoning behind it, you know, it was able to defeat Cabal, despite Cabal having super speed, there should have been a reasoning behind it, I mean, you know, same thing, same thing with her being able to dodge 20 bullets from Aaron Black, there should have been some reasoning behind it, not, oh, you know, she's just able to dodge 20 bullets, I mean, same, same thing with even, you know, Nightwolf being able to get out of the way of 20 bullets, you just, you know, excuse me you have to let it develop it has to you know you have to be smart in your execution and your build-ups and it was like i said it was just like it like i said and it just it felt like they were just throwing something out there and hoping that you would like it and i mean nobody liked it and the only reason this game did so good was mainly because of the gameplay because of the gameplay that is the only reason the only reason this game survived was because of the gameplay people were willing to put whatever cringe-worthy stuff that this game presented you know especially with the whole Shao Kahn saying you know make out world great again that was a that if that wasn't blatant SJW PC culture bullcrap. I don't know what is. It was pretty obvious that this whole game was going to be, you know, SJW'd, you know, by how they had some of the characters dressed, with how they what they had what the characters do, you know. It was a dead giveaway when they had Shao Kahn say make outwork outworld great again like it was pretty obvious when he said that you know don't get me wrong i thought it was pretty cool it was pretty trippy but you know because shao khan's <laughs> shao khan's awesome but either way you can tell they made him say that for pc culture you know it was it was total you know sjw cringeworthy crap that's what and it was and it pretty much made it a dead giveaway right from the get-go you know make our world great again Ooh, we all know what he's referencing <laughs> you know it's, you know it's like it's it wasn't really a surprise you know and they didn't even try to hide it you know but it goes back to the same thing you know they put a lot of effort in the gameplay and the new characters to hide the fact that this was going to be a cringeworthy experience. This storyline was going to be nothing but a cringeworthy experience that you're going to want to take a long shower to wash off because oh, that's all it was, was just going to be cringeworthy crap. And then, you know, 
And then, of course, Aftermath was the same thing. wasn't that good to begin, but Aftermath was pretty much the same thing. The only difference is it was a lot better than the than the original storyline you know exactly of course aftermath was the same thing but the only difference is it was you know it was it was a lot better than the original storyline surprisingly you know i would prefer the aftermath storyline than the freaking cringeworthy main storyline you know at least the aftermath storyline you know was better told and it had at least it had some reasoning behind it. I mean, I will say I did enjoy the whole power couple, you know, move made by Shao Kahn and Sindel. I thought that was pretty dope, you know, and it was kind of cool how they just had that couple who was extremely evil, who are madly in love with each other, disrupt everything and damn near come close to taking over, if not being betrayed by Shang Tsung, which we all saw coming. I mean, it wasn't really that much of a surprise. It wasn't really a surprise at all. But still, you know, that was, you know, I will admit that was I enjoyed. I enjoyed playing, you know, Shao Kahn and Sindel and watching them tear shit up. That was pretty cool. But all in all, I mean the story, but but all in all, the story wasn't really that good. It was really a messy story, but despite being such a mess, it was still a lot better than the first chapter of the story, which was the cringeworthy experience where freaking Katana just somehow was able to defeat Shao Kahn, and Kotal Kahn gets his ass whooped by everybody, and, you know, and Jade, betray you know, Jade and, and Kotal Kahn are in love, but Jade betrays Kotal Kahn, and, you know, but they still, but they're still in love, and they get back together like what the fuck like yeah just like what, what the fuck is this shit you know kano has a knife to johnny cage and you know i mean i i you know you have a literal knife to johnny cage's neck or was it his gut? either way you have a literal knife pointed at johnny cage okay so he, he's whole he has johnny cage in a headlock right he's he's pretty much or so he's pretty much got Johnny Cage by the neck with a knife pointed at his chest. Sonya Blade takes out a gun and shoots his younger self in the face. Now, I don't know about you, but in a situation like that, the knife is quicker than the gun due to the fact that Kano literally had the knife pointed to his chest. I mean, K literally. But for some reason, Sonya was able to pull out the gun and shoot his younger self in the face a lot faster than Kano could stab him. And last time I checked, Kano was a knife expert. So what the fuck is what the fuck is with what what the fuck is going on with that shit? So but it's just but it was like what like but but you know. Sonya Blade, the, the amazing Sonya Blade, could just somehow pull a gun out faster than you could stab the dude in the chest, despite the fact having the knife literally pointed at his chest. I mean, it's just, you know, and then of course the reactions, it just, it was, it was almost, it was just weird. And then, like I said, Kronika's reasoning for why she wanted to disrupt time and destroy the world was, oh, because her son lost and now she's mad. You know, it's like typical soccer mom. You know, like I said, Kronika's reasoning is the typical soccer mom reasoning. My, you know, my kid got their ass kicked. So instead of just letting them learn, I'm going to sit there and talk shit to the coach for being terrible, for being a terrible coach. Even though the coach did nothing wrong, you know, I'm going to like disrupt the team because of because i don't like that my son got benched you know like it just it it's stupid it's stupid and that's all it is she's just mad because her son got his ass kicked and she wanted her son to take over the world which he didn't and now she's pissed you know it's just typical soccer mom mentality and you're just like you're like what the fuck <laughs> she's just like you're like what the fuck so you're mad because your son got his ass kicked like you could like if you were that mad why didn't you intervene the first time why'd you let his son why, why'd you let your son get his ass kicked right then and there why didn't you step in in the events of Mortal Kombat X if it bothered you that much or a race stopped it then like it was just dumb you know it's just it's just dumb but hey i mean but whatever despite this the despite whatever you know Mortal Kombat 11 the gameplay's awesome the combat's awesome the skins are awesome 
storyline sucks ass, but, you know, like I said, the, you know, the gameplay, you know, the gameplay is that good to where you can put that aside and totally just forget about it, you know, so that I would, like I said, that, and that's pretty much about it, and that's the only thing this game has, because if its gameplay wasn't up to par, people would be ripping on this storyline that much hard, and, oh, and they, and they have, and people are still, and people have, and still are ripping on this storyline that much hard, so despite having awesome gameplay, there are still people out there that were, that were able to call bullshit right when they right when they saw it and i mean and a lot of that was due to the fact of you know the make out world great again like i mean netherrealm studios didn't do a good job of hiding their you know their pc culture move you know like if you're gonna have i mean if anything if you're if you're gonna try to sit there and shoehorn some you know social justice warrior bullcrap you know you might want to do a better job of hiding it hiding it you know not have the ultimate villain you know who's pretty much been the ultimate villain since the very beginning come in and make a statement saying make outworld great again like yes because no one's going to put two into no one's going to put two and two together when they hear that like it's just you know you should have did a better job of hiding it i mean so all in all um you know thank you guys for listening really appreciate it uh like I said, shout out to everyone, Shaq, to the Shaq system, uh, Jesse, who's an MMA fighter, future world champ, and just, I mean, I'm gonna, uh, sorry, I'm still laughing at this shit, it's funny when I think about it, um, I did this kind of last minute, it was kind of a last minute thing, I was, you know, I didn't really have time to, you know, go over the mental notes I made over my, made in my head, I was kind of running errands at the same time I was doing it, I'm not really good at multitasking, but either way, but, but either way, thank you guys for listening, I mean, if it pisses you guys off, I mean, I don't really give a shit, I don't really care, I'm not, you know, I don't do this for people's approval, I do this because I like it, and I mean, if you don't agree with me, I mean, you guys can hit me up at any given point in time, and we could discuss it, but either way, um, like I said, I'm not gonna just, you know, change what I, change what I say, because it makes you mad, but all in all, thank you guys for listening, I really appreciate it, uh, yep, and I'll probably do another thing talking about the game, maybe, I don't know, it, you know, this was, like I said, this was kind of last minute, and very, very jumbled up, uh, but I, but I did the best I could, and, um, yeah, see you guys later.